Hi, I'm Carly Agar, and after 10 years of building my own career in the field, I'm now an award-winning career coach for current and aspiring customer success pros. And this is the first customer success podcast that gives you easy-to-apply strategies and tips to help you score your dream job, secure your next big promotion, or become the top performer on your team. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of career growth hacks to not only explore what's possible for you in your career, but help you decide where you want to go. And of course, give you all the steps to get there. Welcome to the Customer Success Career Coach Podcast. You're listening to the Customer Success Career Coach. Today's episode is all about the current state of the customer success job market. So if you are currently looking for a job, plan to be looking in the near future, or if you're afraid you may be forced to look for a job this year, then stay tuned because I'm sharing some key things you need to know to save yourself from a very grueling job search. Welcome back to another episode of the Customer Success Career Coach. If you are just joining us for the first time, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are not joining for the first time, thank you for joining us again. So one of the cool things about my job as a full-time career coach is I get a very good look at what's happening in the customer success job market. Because to date, I've now worked with well over, I think we're actually at 500 as of this week, well over 500 job seekers in customer success. It's almost like I've got 500 reporters on the ground telling me exactly what's happening in real time. And some of it is definitely obvious stuff that anyone could catch on to quickly like layoffs, right? You don't need to be in a unique position like myself to understand that there are layoffs happening. But a lot of what I learn through working with so many people in the job market is super nitty gritty, very specific things that you just couldn't possibly know as a job seeker. So I'm going to spill what I think are some of the most interesting things that have changed in the job market and specifically what those things mean for you as a current or future job seeker. And you'll walk away from this episode with very tangible things you can start doing literally as soon as you're done listening to expedite your job search. So you don't even need to be a job seeker in customer success right now to understand some of what's happening at a macro level to our very niche job market. A couple of things. There have obviously been a lot of layoffs, which means there is more talent out there looking for jobs, more competition. And because of the market volatility, there are fewer open CSM roles. So what that essentially means is there is more talent than there are open roles, which creates a lot of competition. Some other things that have happened at a macro level that are impacting the job search overall is COVID. Even though we are now years past the height of COVID, 
COVID sparked a lot of career transitions out of other fields, such as healthcare, education. A lot of people are seeking better work-life balance. They see other people benefiting from remote work. And remote work now, just in general, has become more desirable. A lot of people are now demanding the option to work remotely, which means any job that offers remote work has increased in popularity, customer success being one of them. And just in general, customer success is growing in popularity. Word is spreading. More and more people are learning what customer success is, and this might seem crazy to a lot of people, especially for those of us who have been in customer success for a while. You know, you look around and you're like, why do all these people all of a sudden want to work in this very niche field that I work in? If you think about it, customer success as an industry is a baby. We are an infant especially when you compare customer success to something like sales. Sales has been around forever, right? And there are still so many people that want to work in sales. So the reason why it's growing in popularity is because it's still a baby and a lot of people still just haven't even heard of it, still to this date. So that's going to continue to happen. What these more obvious things mean for you as a job seeker is the job market is not going to cool off anytime soon. And I hate being the relayer of that news because it's not positive, but I talk to a lot of job seekers in customer success who say things like, you know, I think I'm just struggling right now because of the market. Hopefully things will cool off and I'll have better luck. The job market is not cooling off anytime soon, not in the foreseeable future, because the reality is people are still going to want to continue to leave these other fields like healthcare, like education. That's not stopping anytime soon. More and more people are going to want remote work. That's another desire that's not going away. And more and more people are just naturally going to learn about customer success. So even if we do see layoffs start to cool off, the market is still going to be very, very competitive. And this is kind of our new norm. What that really means for you is if what you're doing right now to land a job in customer success isn't working, that probably means you have yet to adapt your job search to the current market. So maybe you're guilty, whether you realize it or not, of waiting for the market to cool off. And so you keep trying the same things and trying the same things and thinking, okay, well, when the market cools off, these things will work. Maybe subconsciously you're doing that and don't even realize it. But if what you're doing is not working, it probably means that you just have not adapted to the market yet. How do you adapt to the market? I am going to talk about that at length today. So now that we've covered what's happening at a macro level, those kind of more obvious things that have happened that are affecting the job market, 
I want to share those really nitty gritty specific things that I think I have a unique view on, again, because of my 500 reporters out in the job market telling me what's happening in real time. I think I have a list here of about eight things. Some of these things will be really small, things that you can adjust in your job search really quickly, really easily, will require little to no time or effort. And some of these things are going to be bigger that would require you to change your actions in a much bigger way. Okay, number one, the first thing you need to know about the current job market and how it's changed job seeking. No one really cares about gaps in your resume, so stop stressing over this. I cannot emphasize this enough. It used to be very taboo to have gaps in your experience, right? And we would kind of do anything we could to hide that we had gaps in our experience. Even admitting to being laid off was a little bit taboo years ago. That is so not the case anymore. It is so normal to have gaps in your resume for whatever reason. It is so normal to be laid off. Don't try to hide those things. Just be very forthcoming with it. Now, a couple of other things that I'll say about this. While gaps in your experience have become more normal and more acceptable, that doesn't mean that you should just be jumping from job to job to job willingly and voluntarily. That will always cause some red flags with future employers, right? Because they're going to question your dedication. They're going to question if you actually know what you want to do. So I'm not saying that you should go ahead and jump from job to job to job willingly if you have the option to. However, if you do have some gaps in your employment, whether it's because of a layoff, because you took a career break, whatever it is, it is not as taboo to have those things. And so don't try to hide them. Just be forthcoming with them. That's a really small example of something that has changed in this job market and something that would impact you as a job seeker. Number two is a pretty hot topic. Whenever I talk about this on LinkedIn, some of the conversations get a little bit heated. So number two is about upskilling or getting certifications. Now, I want to preface this by saying getting a certification is never going to hurt you unless you are spending all your time and money on certifications, expecting them to land you a job. But if you have the time to spend and you have the money to spend on a certification while still having the time and money to search for a job and do the things you need to do, like networking, then a certification will not hurt you. However, what you need to know is this old advice of just go upskill, go get a bunch of certifications, and then you'll get hired, that is no longer accurate. Getting certifications, upskilling will not land you a job. I've done analyses on my clients. So I've looked at, okay, of all of our clients who have landed jobs in customer success, 
those who have certifications and those who don't. And we compared the average time to hire. And it was really interesting. We found that people without certifications landed jobs in customer success on average one day faster than those who did have certifications. So that's really interesting, right? Because that essentially tells us having those certifications does not necessarily mean that your job search is going to happen more quickly. What it really comes down to, again, with certifications is time and money. If you have those resources, then yeah, go get certifications. Absolutely. If you don't have time or money, if you're really short on time and you need a job urgently, then I would say spending most of that precious time on getting certifications is not time well spent. Number three, this is another small one, I would say. It's not going to cause you to entirely change your behavior in your job search, but it is a really good thing to consider if you haven't already. So number three is remote jobs are by far more competitive than they ever have been. There are fewer of them and there are more people who want remote jobs. One thing you may need to consider as a job seeker is considering a hybrid role or an in-office role. Now, I know you're probably hearing this thinking, yeah, okay, you could say that because you could work remotely, but I don't want to work hybrid or in-office. Hear me out. I'm not saying that you should give up on looking for a remote job, but some things to consider. If landing a job urgently, meaning the time it takes you to land your job, is more important than the job being remote, you may need to sacrifice remote work for the time being. So it really comes down to your priorities. Another thing I'll say here, and I can say with certainty, a lot of people are not thinking about this. You can use remote work as a negotiation lever. So consider that when you're applying to jobs, okay, if this is a hybrid role, maybe I can negotiate for more days at home later on in the process. Maybe I'm even willing to sacrifice a little bit of pay. So I'll take a slightly lower paying role, but I'm going to try to negotiate for fully remote. So consider that you can use remote flexibility as a negotiation lever when it comes to accepting the offer. I hope you're loving today's episode. I'm interrupting for just a few seconds here. If you are actively looking for a job in customer success or plan to start looking in the near future, please listen up. Today's job market is unlike any job market you've had to navigate before. It is flooded with talented job seekers like yourself, and there just aren't enough jobs in customer success to go around. What that means for you is you must adapt your job search strategy to the current market. You'll need a plan to stand out and get interviews, and then you've got to be at the top of your game when it comes to your interview skills. 
if you want to be the last one standing who gets the offer at the end of the day. My team and I have now helped well over 450 people land jobs in customer success. And let me tell you, you do not want to navigate this crazy job market by yourself, especially if you want to land a job quickly. Head on over to carlyagar.com forward slash apply to inquire about one-on-one coaching. Spots fill up very quickly, so don't wait. It's totally free to apply. I will also leave the link to apply in today's show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, number four. This is a topic of conversation that I have in my LinkedIn DMs probably three to five times a day. It is a really, really good question that I get from job seekers in customer success. And I don't see a whole lot of people talking about this, so I'm just going to share this more broadly with you right now. Number four is paid recruiters, headhunters, employer matching services, anything where you are paying to be matched to employers, those services don't really exist in this job market, especially for individual contributor roles in customer success. So if you are job seeking right now or you're thinking about job seeking and you're wanting to find a recruiter or a headhunter or some sort of matching service, to help you find an individual contributor role, I'm just going to tell you right now, don't waste your time. These services don't really exist in this market, and I'll explain why. If I'm an employer right now looking to fill an individual contributor CSM role, I can post an open role on LinkedIn for free, and I could get probably one to 2,000 qualified applicants In a couple of weeks. So, why would I, as the employer, pay a recruiter or a headhunter or a matching service to bring that talent to me? I wouldn't, right? So, it's just the nature of that kind of business model where, in a market like today's, it just doesn't make sense for employers to do that. And so, they're not. So what this means for you, if you are really, really stuck in your job search and you've been thinking about finding a recruiter or a headhunter and just feeling really lost, I'll tell you right now, don't waste a ton of time on that. You're better off finding a coach. It certainly does not have to be me, but I would try to stick with someone who is focused on customer success specifically. Number five, this is a juicy one. And I hope a lot of employers are listening to this and know how upset they make me. So number five is we are seeing this trend where a lot of employers are using the rise in popularity of customer success to attract candidates to jobs that are not customer success. So what this means for you is you should be very wary about reading job descriptions. If you see things in these job descriptions like cold calling, prospecting, answering a ton of support tickets, that is not actually customer success. And you should know that this is happening. 
So make sure you're reading job descriptions. Be careful. Comb through them. If you do see red flags and it's not a big enough red flag for you to say, I'm not going to apply to this job, bring up those things in interviews. Say, hey, I noticed this job description says setting meetings for new business opportunities. What percent of my time would be expected doing that? Because if they're trying to hide that in a job description, then they might try to hide how much of the role that actually is. So call out those red flags early on in the interview process. Do not waste your time and be very careful when you're reading job descriptions. Number six, if you follow me on LinkedIn, you've heard me say this a million times. I'm saying it again. What you need to know as a job seeker right now or in the near future is resumes are not an impactful tool to make you stand out. Why is that? Because there are so many people applying to the same roles. Your resume, statistically, just think statistically here, if there are more and more resumes in the pile, my resume becomes less and less likely to stand out. It doesn't matter what's on the page. It doesn't matter how much money I spent writing that resume. It doesn't matter how many AI tools and ATS scanners I put my resume through. Statistically, it is less likely that your resume is the thing that gets you an interview because it is statistically less likely that someone sees it. What does that mean for you as a job seeker in this market? It does not mean that you should throw your resume out or have a bonfire with your job seeker friends and burn your resumes. Your resume is still important. You still need a really, really good resume. But you should not be relying on your resume to get you interviews. Even more specifically, what I would say, if you are job seeking right now, is any time that you are spending editing your resume for every job that you apply to, stop doing that. You are essentially just sinking time into a resource, your resume, that is not impactful. Doesn't matter how much time and energy you put into it, it's not going to become exponentially more impactful a tool in terms of making you stand out. So if your entire job search strategy right now is editing your resume, using AI to plug in keywords for every single application, I urge you to stop spending all your time doing that. It is not going to move the needle like you want it to. Number seven, networking. Let's talk about networking really quick. So networking a couple of years ago was way more lackadaisical. It was much easier. There was so much less pressure. There was less competition. Networking a couple of years ago was as simple as DMing a recruiter on LinkedIn after applying to a job in customer success and saying, hey, my name is Carly. I just applied to this role. I'm really excited about it. And they would respond immediately and say, oh my gosh, thank you for reaching out. 
That's so nice of you. Thank you for taking initiative. No one else is doing that. We're going to interview you tomorrow. That was a couple years ago. That is not the reality of the market right now. When we think about networking as job seekers, the goal of networking, sure, a lot of people will say it's to, you know, have the best relationships. Yes, okay. But the goal of networking as a job seeker is to get more interviews, right? Is to help us get our foot in the door at more companies. I'm laughing because I think a lot of people dance around this. I'm not afraid to call it like it is. The goal of networking is to get more opportunities. That is not bad. So if you are just doing what every other job seeker is doing in today's market, that's DMing recruiters on LinkedIn, it's not going to help you stand out. So you need to start thinking about networking as a tool that will differentiate you, which means you need to reach out to different people, so not recruiters. You need to try different channels, so not just LinkedIn. You need to try different mediums. Maybe instead of text, it's a voice note or a video. You need to be differentiating everything that you do in your networking if it's going to differentiate you from other job seekers. Number eight, I hate being the bearer of bad news, but interview processes in this market are longer. That could mean that there are more steps. That could just mean that they are spread over a longer period of time. What this means for you I cannot emphasize this enough, and I truly think this is one of the most difficult things to do as a job seeker. If you nail this, you will be ahead of 99% of people. So important. When you are in active interviews, do not take your foot off the gas pedal in terms of applying to other opportunities. Even if you had a final round interview, you know, the day before, and you're like, oh, there's no way I'm not getting that offer. I already know it's coming. They're calling my references. I don't care. Keep applying. Never, ever, ever assume that you are getting the offer until it is in your inbox. So don't take your foot off the gas pedal in terms of applying to other jobs I know it's hard, especially when you're cramming for interviews and you're prepping and you're doing presentations and you're trying to do mock interviews and get feedback. I know it's hard, but if you keep that momentum all the way through the end, you will be so grateful for it. Number nine is very related to what I just said about interview processes being longer, and that is. At the end of any interview process, the person or the candidate who's getting the job offer in this market is usually determined by some tiny little thing. So what's happening is because there's so much awesome talent on the market, at the end of interview processes, these hiring teams are sitting down and they're saying, who are we going to pick? How can we possibly pick between these two or these four amazing, incredible candidates, the tiebreaker is usually something that is so 
small, and seemingly insignificant. So what this means for you as a job seeker is you have to create what I call tiebreaker moments throughout your entire interview process. These are little things that you might not be putting any weight behind right now. I want you to start thinking about these things as being absolutely critical in your job search. So things like mirroring your experience, the way you talk about your experience to the role exactly. What I mean by this is if you're currently managing enterprise accounts, but you're applying for a higher volume mid-market role, I want you to talk about your high volume mid-market experience and don't try to impress them with all of your strategic enterprise experience because what could happen when they're trying to pick a tiebreaker is they could turn around and say, "Mm, you know what? Because of all your strategic enterprise experience, you're actually a bit overqualified for this higher volume mid-market role. And so we went with someone whose experience more closely aligns with what we're looking for. Little teeny tiny details, like making sure you are emphasizing the right aspects of your experience. In the past, we would say, yeah, talk about your strategic enterprise experience. Of course, who wouldn't want someone with that experience in a mid-market role? But now it could actually be held against you. Another teeny tiny little detail that could be a tiebreaker for you is talking about your domain experience. So thinking about what parallel can I draw to this company's product, their mission, their end users? There has to be something. I have two really good examples of this from working with clients just in the last couple of weeks, two that come to mind. So number one was a career transitioner. His experience was primarily in hospitality and he wanted to be a CSM and he was interviewing for a CSM role at a fintech company. And we're, we're sitting down, we're trying to figure out, okay, what parallel can we draw from hospitality to finance? How can we create a connection between this candidate and this finance company, whether it's their mission, their end users, there has to be something. And so I'm asking him, I'm like, okay, well, what do you know about finance? Did you study finance? Do you have any hobbies in finance? And he was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't think about this before. But during COVID, I actually started a whole YouTube channel on talking about personal finance. And I was like, that's it. That's your domain experience. So we were able to leverage that in interviews to create that connection to the domain, to that specific industry, which was finance. So it's not always going to be something immediately obvious, but try to create that parallel wherever you can. I was just working with a client a couple of days ago. We were prepping for an interview and we were kind of going over her elevator pitch for a phone interview. And it was a healthcare tech company that she was applying for. And this role would be primarily working with hospitals. So again, we're sitting there, we're like, okay, what ties do you have to healthcare, to hospitals? Like, how can we make this? And she was like, oh, actually, three roles ago, I had 
two hospital clients. And we were like, amazing. So now in your elevator pitch, you're not just going to say, oh, I've worked with customers spanning financial services and e-commerce and healthcare. No, you're going to say, I've worked with enterprise customers, including hospitals, because that is what is relevant to that domain, to that specific role she was interviewing for. So you need to bring only the most relevant things up to the top and highlight those things. Another little thing that you can do throughout your interview process as a job seeker to help you create those tiebreaker moments is what I call creating champions. We do this as customer success managers within our accounts. Do this as a job seeker. Create champions within the companies that you are interviewing with. So the way that we do this with our clients is typically networking. So before or after we apply to the job, we are trying to network at different levels of the organization. So we're multi-threading, if you will, and trying to create advocates at different levels. And what I hear time and time and time again when my clients land roles is they'll say something to me like, you know, when they offered me the role, they said, the conversation I had with so-and-so before I even applied or that video I sent to the hiring manager right after I applied, they brought that up when they gave me the offer over the phone. So little teeny tiny things you can do to create connections with people at that company before you're even interviewing can ultimately end up being the tiebreaker that gets you the offer. One last little tiebreaker thing that you can do, I freaking love this one. It's so small, it's so simple to implement because it is so much more difficult now for hiring teams to pick which candidate they're going to hire. You need to treat every interviewer like their opinion is the make or break opinion, meaning you got to treat the recruiter like that is a make or break conversation, the hiring manager, your cross-functional teammates, cross-functional leaders. Every single interviewer is created equally. Any single one of those interviewers could be the person who decides you are the one who gets the offer. So what this means for you as a job seeker, one thing that you can do is when you are interviewing with a cross-functional teammate or leader, so let's say you're interviewing for a customer success manager role and you're being interviewed by the director of customer support, that would be a cross-functional leader. A little thing that you can do to impress that cross-functional leader is ask them a question that is very specific to their team. So you could say something like, how can CSMs be good partners to your team? Or how can I, as a new CSM, support your team in achieving your goals this year? Because now you've made it about them. And if other candidates don't do that, that could be the thing that wins them over, that makes them want you over the other candidates. So just a little tiny thing that you can do in those cross-functional interviews. Okay, I've talked about a lot. Hopefully this is helpful. Again, 
I've got my 500 reporters out in the job market telling me what's happening in real time. So I wanted to share with you what I'm seeing, what it means for you, and how you should be adapting your job search. So whether you're in the job market right now, thinking about entering it soon, or hopefully this isn't the case, but if you find yourself unexpectedly in the job market in the near future, here's what I would take away from all these observations. Number one, get really clear on your priorities. For you, it might be land the right role, right? Land the remote role, even if it takes a while. Or it might mean land a hybrid role for now and I can worry about work-life balance later. Number two, this market we are in is the new norm. Be open to the idea that the traditional way of job searching you're used to, like editing your resume with keywords, DMing recruiters on LinkedIn, spraying and praying your resume to every open job is not going to work. Similarly, if you've been doing that for a while and it's not working, it's time to get help or try something new. And number three, be very mindful of where you're investing time and money. Don't spend months getting certifications if that means you're not out there networking. Don't hire a general resume writer if they are not deeply familiar with the current customer success job market. And remember that adapting to the market is not only going to speed up your job search, it's also just going to save you so much mental and emotional bandwidth. In the next episode, I am sharing my absolute favorite interview tips. So make sure you tune in. You will not want to miss episode three. That's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love today's episode, or if you want to continue the conversation, come hang out with me on LinkedIn. Connect with me, follow me, or message me over there. I'm at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Carly dash Agar. And if you haven't already, don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you next time.